The T-Biz Podcast delivers T-News that you need to know. A recap of the week's major headlines with commentary and cultural trends hosted by Dan Bolton. It is the voice of origin for tea professionals and enthusiasts worldwide. Tea nourishes and inspires. It is an ancient plant-based medicine that simultaneously heals and energizes the body as it soothes the mind. Making fine tea is a blend of artistry and craftsmanship. The $200 billion tea trade is fundamentally local, yet exerts global influence, employing millions to enhance the well-being of all. Hello, everyone. Here are this week's headlines. Starbucks announces an ambitious global expansion. Record revenue is powering plans to operate 55,000 locations by 2030, with 75% of those overseas. Bangladesh may finally break an elusive record. And researchers challenge the belief that adding cream and sugar to tea impacts health outcomes. Plus, in October, Transworld, China's first USDA-certified organic tea producer, and First Tea, the U.S. subsidiary of Xixing Tea Group, released the Chinese Tea Sustainability Report, a 12-page survey of perspectives and practices at Chinese tea farms and processing facilities. Jason Walker, marketing director at First Tea in New Jersey and one of the architects of the Sustainability Report, joins T-Biz for an in-depth discussion of the results of this ongoing survey. More in a minute, but first, this important message. What makes a perfect cup of Ceylon tea? The perfect cup is from the tea businesses that ensure the protection of all the children living within their tea estates. We salute Kailani Valley, Telawakili, Bogawanthalawa, Harana, and Elliptia tea estates. Support Save the Children, Sri Lanka. CEO Laxman Narasimhan announced a record $9.4 billion fourth quarter to close a $36 billion fiscal year at Starbucks. Revenue was up 12% year-to-year. Quote, Our customers continue to favor more premium beverages, creating a new normal for mix and customization. To fuel this, we continue to lean in with innovation offering our iced pumpkin cream chai tea latte, which boosted tea sales, and pumpkin cream cold foam, which has become a customization favorite with our customers. Gingerbread chai is a hit. I recommend it, Nara Simmon told Mad Money host Jim Cramer. Cold beverages, including tea and coffee, are driving sales. Customers add modifiers to cold drinks at a greater rate than hot, and it's an easier process through the app than anywhere else. These transactions raise ticket and produce personal branding for Gen Z to broadcast via social, according to the company. During the past five years, Starbucks opened 9,000 new stores, 7,000 of which were outside the U.S., In 2023, foreign locations, including 1,429 in Canada, outnumbered for the first time the 16,255 U.S. stores. 
There are now 6,800 stores in China. Starbucks said it will open an average of eight stores daily, mainly specially purposed, as drive-through only, double-sided drive-through, and delivery-only locations. Drive-through transactions accounted for 50% of U.S. sales. Delivery orders expanded by 24% in 2022. During its year-end earnings call, Nara Simmons said the company will spend $3 billion in capital expenditures and grow to 41,000 locations by October 2024. Business Insight Tea accounts for 10 to 20% of beverage sales at coffee shops. Locations serving a wide range of hot and cold teas can increase that share to 20 to 30% or more. Beverage sales at Starbucks, including tea, generated about 75 to 80% of revenue, totaling $19.6 billion in fiscal year 2022, with food products totaling $5.8 billion. Packaged and single-serve coffees and Tivana teas, ready-to-drink products, serveware, and ingredients contributed $6.9 billion, according to the company's SEC 10K filings. During the past decade, 168 registered tea producers in Bangladesh, encouraged by industry stakeholders, have tried and tried again to produce 100 million kilos of tea. Those familiar with the adage, if at first you don't succeed, try and try again, know the real mistake is to stop trying. Zain Muzumbar, factory assistant manager at Ipsani's Mizrapuri Tea Estate, said this week he is now processing 50 to 80,000 kilos of green leaf a day into black CTC, that's cut tear curl tea, at the factory. Zain's father was a tea planter and his grandfather worked in tea in Jolpagari, India, before separation and independence in 1971. It's a historic year, he says. The growing season started dry with only 99 milliliters of rainfall recorded in April. At the start of the second flush in May, the country was wet again, and in June, a staggering 995 milliliters deluged the tea lands. July and August totals exceeded expectations at 300-plus milliliters, with steady rains through September. The rainfall led to rapid sprouting of tea buds and record yields per hectare. In 2022, Bangladesh harvested 94 million kilos, a setback from previous years when the harvest totals reached 96.5 million kilos, the current record. According to the Bangladesh Tea Board, Rajat Tea Garden and Mulv Bazaar achieved 470 kilos per hectare yield, about 70 kilos more per hectare than any garden in the country. The Consolidated Tea and Lands Company Garden produced 2.7 million kilos in 2023. Malva Bazaar's 90 tea gardens account for 55% of the country's production. Hey Biggie Ajan comes in second, contributing 22% of the tea produced. Tahin Ahmed Shadwari, Chief Operating Officer for Estates of the Consolidated Tea and Lands Company, told the Daily Star, quote, in recent years, while the industry has been facing irrigation problems due to adverse weather conditions, we have been benefiting from our irrigation system, end quote. 
The tea board has not released an official tally, but it now looks like Bangladesh will surge past 100 million kilos to set a 169-year record. Production through September was 69 million kilos ahead of September 2022, when 64 million kilos had been recorded year-to-date, and ahead of September 2021, when 65 million kilos were recorded year-to-date. A strong October and November guarantee the country will meet its production target of 102 million kilos. Bangladesh is the world's eighth-largest tea producer, accounting for about 2% of total production. New research challenges the belief that adding cream and sugar to tea impacts health outcomes. Medical researchers from Denmark, the UK, and the Netherlands studied whether a daily spoonful of sugar taken with coffee or tea is harmful, publishing their findings in the peer-reviewed PLOS One. Consuming excess sugar can lead to health issues from obesity and heart disease to tooth decay, but adding sugar to coffee or tea did not pose additional health risks in a longitudinal study of males that dates to the 1970s. The Copenhagen Male Study identified healthy men ages 40 to 59 at the onset of the long-term assessment of heart and lung health, diabetes, cancer, and related morbidity. Extensive testing with periodic follow-up has enabled researchers to analyze data from the 2,923 participating men. Complete medical records are available for 99% of participants. Quote, Overall, they did not find a significant risk for health issues in people in the sugar group versus the non-sugar group, reports Medical News Today. Quote, The sugar group's death rate was 89.9%, and the no-sugar group's death rate was 87.5%. Over time, there was no statistically significant association between the use of sugar in coffee and tea and all-cause mortality, end quote. In terms of heart disease mortality, the sugar group also had a slightly higher but comparable rate. The sugar group's rate was 38.2%, while the no-sugar group's rate was 35.3%. Those consuming sugar had a 1% greater likelihood of developing diabetes compared to the no-sugar group. Quote, When correcting for confounders, there were no statistically significant associations between the use of sugar in coffee and tea and all-cause mortality, cardiovascular mortality, cancer mortality, or incident diabetes mellitus, according to researchers. Note, the American Heart Association recommends no more than 9 teaspoons of added sugar for men and 6 teaspoons for women per day. Arvinda Anantharaman in Bengaluru reports on tea auction prices. India Tea Price Report for the week ending 4th November 2023. Total production across India during September 2023 was announced and is reported to be 162.9 million kilos, which is much lower than 195.69 million kilos reported for September 2022. But despite this decrease in production, prices have not been higher. This has further compounded the financial problem the tea gardens are facing this year. October is also the month when bonuses are 
pay to workers, and this year saw the close, closure of 15 gardens in North Bengal in October, with the bonus payout cited as a top reason for garden closures. The only good news coming in has been from Assam, where the chief minister has announced that the state government is considering providing tea subsidized prices to those holding ration cards from 2024. This would offer a market for Assam tea via the public distribution system. In auctions, we're looking at sales 42, 43, and 44. In North India, it's primarily sale 42, where, where about 17,900 tons of tea were on offer, accumulated sale percentage of 73%, and an average price of 193 rupees per kilo. Orthodox tea fared well in Calcutta, fetching average prices of about 217 rupees a kilo. In Guwahati, only about 100 tons of orthodox were on sale. They did well at 230 rupees a kilo. Good sale volume. There was no sale 43 across North India on account of the annual Durga Puja festivities. And for sale 44, only orthodox and Darjeeling grades were seen at the Kolkata auctions, where about 1,516 tons of orthodox was on offer, and about 86% were sold. In the South, all three auction weeks were active. Uh, CTC did well across all three weeks. Dust and fannings were top-selling grades. Accumulative 11,249 tons were offer, seeing a sale volume of 85%. 93% CTC was sold for sale 43. For sale 45, North India will see the return of the English auction style. It remains to be seen whether that will do, that will bring in something better for the, for prices that the Bharat auction did not. And now, a word from our sponsor. Hello, I'm Bogdan, a passionate tea drinker and the inventor of the ultimate tea machine, the Brewmaker One. Preparation is key to making fine tea. Sequential steepings deliver the best taste possible and unlock the true value of whole leaf teas and botanicals. Brew automates that process without using any pots or capsules. This simple to operate smartphone control device stores steeping profiles to consistently make great tea at the push of a button. Brew also reduces time, waste and energy. That's because I engineered the brew to remember control settings for temperature, brewing time and quantity. Using my patented process lets you stack steep, simply, and conveniently. In October, Transworld, China's first USDA-certified organic tea producer, and First Tea, the U.S. subsidiary of Jixing Tea Group, released the Chinese Tea Sustainability Report, a 12-page survey of perspectives and practices at Chinese tea farms and processing facilities. Operators who responded generally comply with emerging traceability standards and guidelines by third-party certifiers, including the Rainforest Alliance, Fair Trade International, and Fair Trade USA. Respondents from nine provinces collectively produce 15 million kilos annually of mainly green tea, cultivating 12,000 hectares of land. Jason Walker, 46, one of the architects of the sustainability report, 
is the marketing director at First Tee in New Jersey. His expertise includes business development, market research, and tasting. In 2009, he founded Walker Tea Review, a video marketing venture. Jason joined First Tee in 2018. In June 2019, he testified at the U.S. Trade Representative hearings on behalf of the U.S. tea industry in opposition to increasing tariffs on Chinese tea. Quote, I really enjoy marketing as a bridge for sharing what's new and relevant. And quote, he says, My personal connections to China and my work with First Tea provide a great opportunity for thought leadership to and from the Chinese tea industry. End quote. Welcome to the podcast, Jason. I'm delighted you were able to join us today. Yeah, glad to be here. Thanks, Dan. Let's begin the interview with some background on China as a responsible agricultural producer. In the past few years, China has their strategic plans. They have had an emphasis in terms of reducing some of the pollution. More recently, they've shifted a little bit more towards food security, and they've said, let's keep that green, let's keep that clean, but let's also bring in a little bit more food security. Alleviating rural poverty has been a long-term commitment, right? If you take a bigger view and look at the UN economic development and what the UN says in terms of global economic development and trends of people coming out of poverty, a lot of that is attributed to what China has done within China. So you're talking about a lot of people that China by themselves has helped get their citizens out of poverty. Tea has been seen, especially more recently, as a as a useful way to do that because the, the tea product is a leaf. It is a stable, sturdy plant. You know, you're not tilling it up and planting something new. You've got a good product. You can train people on how to grow it well, and they have a regular crop coming in on a yearly basis. So that was able to give a steady income. It was a reason to develop a lot of rural areas because now you've, you've invested in that leaf and those and the people and the infrastructure they need to be able to sell and produce that leaf well. China's in that process, greater emphasis to say we need to have a set our standards, especially domestically in a product like tea, where about 85% of China's tea stays in China. They say we have to protect our people and raise our standards internally as well. That's very helpful. That's good background. So let's discuss the specifics of the China Sustainability Report. So uh, talking about our sustainability perspectives report, and again, that, that looked at, that was a global report. It looked at professionals from tea and coffee and cocoa and kind of compared all their different perspectives. Uh, what we kind of saw was that a lot of people are still concerned about the, uh, the environmental aspect of sustainability. They are concerned that tea is a more susceptible to climate change compared to some other crops like coffee and cocoa. So that was a bigger concern. But when it came to asking, well, what's your prioritizing in terms of uh, of buying uh, sourcing product to be able to sell? They're still prioritizing, say, taste, price, uh, even organic in some cases comes to the top and above things like sustainability. There seems to be kind of a mismatch in terms of priority and uh, maybe the talking points behind it. Will you describe the third-party certification partnerships that have been established? Transworld, for example, became China's first USDA-certified organic producer. 
employing organic practices as early as 1989. You've got rainforest, you've got fair trade. They are active in China, although China is maybe not their most well-known market or area of influence because China already has fairly high standards set by the governments. So a lot of your Chinese producers already have to comply with pretty high standards just to operate within their country, which makes it a little bit easier for fair trade to come through to some extent, rainforest as well, to be able to say that they're, they're already in compliance with all of these areas. When you have to meet EU standards for importing and U.S. standards in terms of pesticide residue levels and, and, and even as you see more traceability and more government requirements in places like the EU and the U.S. in terms of overall traceability and protection of workers and the other areas that are becoming new laws in the pipeline. In April 2018, Transworld and Tea Group donated 15 million green tea seedlings to villagers in 34 poverty-stricken areas across three provinces. Five years later, 1,800 households and more than 6,600 family members are thriving thanks to increased income from tea. Will you discuss the impact of the White Leaf Sustainability Project? Some other research institutes in China, some, some of the local uh, and regional government organizations as well, who said we have healthy farms in uh, Zhejiang province, uh, particular communities there that were prepared to donate over a million tea seedlings or cuttings and distribute those within or rural underdeveloped uh, areas in, say, western and central China. They brought those into those villages they not only show them how to how to cultivate those plants, they also invested in the local processing facilities. They contracted in terms of committing to buy X number of kilos from those facilities as well and to market those as a unique, valuable product that was really benefiting those communities and building them up to be sustainable. As you said, it's not just about the, the planet, but it's about the people as well. What motivates the Chinese ag industry to strive for sustainable production? They want their citizens to have a clean and healthy environment. They are looking for how can we make sure that our people are healthy, have good job opportunities, have growth, feel that their products are safe. So that's why they have been doing a lot more in terms of cutting. And they're aiming even for zero growth in some pesticide applications. They have put more research into uh, converting from the more conventional pesticides to, say, biopesticides, even non-traditional pest solutions like light traps. Uh, we, we were talking with uh, a colleague. They're, they're doing it in the research and development stage now where they actually have light traps, where light traps at different wavelengths, some of them attract the male insect, some of them attract the female insect, to keep them from mating. So they're looking to cut back on the conventional, bring in more novel solutions to further be sustainable, clean, and yet still profitable and still growing. The ongoing survey and report is an admirable effort to monitor tea sustainability globally, Jason. Let's close the discussion with this open-ended question. What are the pressing challenges, 
and what does the future hold? First off, I guess in terms of what I see for the future, I think that that chemical component that we were talking about where uh, how can we reduce the traditional, the conventional pesticides, especially where those are getting monitored more heavily? Uh, how can we move towards the, the bio pesticides that are that are plant derived or more naturally derived solutions? Uh, how do we make sure that uh, the rest of the world is, is on board with those so that they are recognized and acceptable solutions and, and optimized practices around the world as well? Um, then with that in mind, then we get into, like you said, how do we protect people as their concerns about uh, migration of people moving, uh, how that affects tea harvesters who are moving around to different harvest locations, how they're going to be looking at the, the timing that affects the seasons and harvest times. So this year, 2023, has been better so far than 2022. <laughs> The Meteorological Society, from what I've heard as well, they're talking about giving better projections to the farmers in terms of what to prepare for, in terms of how to adjust your, your pruning that may be done, how irrigation may be, may be improved in terms of channels or ditches to, to capture more moisture, those types of things. Of what I've heard more about, generally everybody's just kind of staying doesn't want to rock the boat in terms of saying it's affecting quality yet. Uh, they feel like we can still make the most out of what we're doing right now. There's lots of places to work on, and there's great opportunity to touch on all those things if we, as we talk about in the studies, if we can all get on the same page in terms of communicating about these things and sharing our concerns and uh, working on shared solutions. Intrigued by what you've heard in today's podcast? Would you like to learn more from our global network of T-Biz journalists and tea experts? Remember to visit the T-Biz website for more comprehensive coverage. That's www.t-bizbiz.com. Thanks for listening. Farewell till next week. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.